So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everyone? Today's guest is a man named Kos Marte. You might have seen him on Vice News. He is an ex-Dominican drug dealer from the Lower East Side of Manhattan. This was a crazy interview. He grew up selling heroin and marijuana on the corners of the Lower East Side. When I was operating, basically everybody had a block. And so you wanted to buy drugs, you go into the corner bodega. We're sitting in the front of the bodega. You copping and going. Then in the early 2000s, when New York City really started to gentrify, he took advantage and started a cocaine delivery service where he would sell over a kilo a week just in tiny little grams. Everybody in the neighborhood that had different corners was scared of white people because white people were cops. Yeah. My boys thought I was crazy and I was like, nah, yeah, I'm a crazy. I just saw this dude do a bump, you know, down the block. Like, I'm gonna sell to his. He made $5 million a year doing this. He had different people driving for him, stash houses all over the city where he would bag up product. He had 20 different phones ringing all day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It was like 20-something drivers, two different shifts. And then I was supplying dry, uh, cars for every driver, too. So I had a, a Dominican dude at one of the rental companies. We were getting rental cars for like 15 bucks a day. He sold coke to movie stars like Lindsay Lohan and Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro was there, and he gave me the nod, and his, the guy was like, yo, let me get Paris Hilton was straight hand-to-hand. Natasha Lyon was the one that brought her on the yellow cab, and she bought like 20, 30 bags of coke. Costa's story is insane. He did five years in prison, and in that time, he developed a workout plan that he eventually grew into a thriving legal business when he got released. He's also opening up legal cannabis dispensaries in New York City as we speak. He's here to tell us all about it. You are going to love this episode. Let's get into it. Kos Marte, and you are watching The Connect with Johnny Mitchell. While I was in that box was when I was like, I need to change my life around. I need to do something. I can't go back to the streets. That's when I see lights behind me start to flash. I didn't even think. I just hit it. I was driving like my life depended on it. Then I parked the car, hopped out, closed the door, and I started running. And he pulls out a burner, shanks, like six inches. And he passes it to me. And he goes, here, that's yours. Don't ever leave the cell block without this. He was the reason I made it out of that place alive. Mexican food. Yeah. I, I can't find that shit in New York. Like it's, it's that's a whatever. lick right there, but that's that's the yeah, move. Yeah. There's your market niche. And, 
Yeah. I find that so hard to believe. Hey, you could get good avocados over there. It's, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I'm I think it's just different Mexicans. I'm shocked by how different Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked by how many Mexicans there are in New York. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're, they're slept on. They are like. No, Queens is. It's all Mexicans. All Mexicans. Ecuadorians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. South are they American. are they active now? Are they active in the coke game out there? Oh hell yeah! Like, but but retail or are they just dumping it from you know uh, the most, cartels? Most, mostly Colombians. Okay, so yeah. they're they're giving it to the Colombians. No, Colombians are the ones like running shit over there in the Queen side. Right, right, yeah. right. I, I imagine right. like, well, you know, I bought Coke when I was in New York from these. They had a similar thing that you had. It was these. Mexicans, kids, you know, must have been 19 years old. Mm -hmm. We called up for a bag of Coke. We we hadn't even hung up when the fucking little Fiat car pulled <laughs> up, dude. I was like, wow. So I mean, like, they're they got the game in a smash. Yeah. Um, and they're getting it wholesale. You know, I I feel like the Colombians still have the line to the old country, mm -hmm. but how much can you get in swallowing? Or, you know, hiding some kilos in a suitcase. Mail. It's all mail. Uh, all, all mail. But even then, like, yeah. how, I don't know. Maybe you can get in. No, you can't yeah. get it in like the way yeah. the Mexicans are getting it in, though, by uh, the by the hundred packs. They So a, a lot of shit goes through DRPR. So the, right. the, there's that connect from South America to DR. Right. Which, so basically you'll get like a kilo probably in Colombia, some shit for like 5K. Oh, and then, or less. Or less. Yeah. And then when it hits uh, Dominican Republic, it's like 10. And yeah. then it goes to Puerto Rico. Right. When I was getting it, I was getting it from Puerto Rico. You get it from a guy from PR. And, and then it was, they were they were actually sending kids on a plane. Yeah. Um, Like these 14-year-old kids with a half a brick in, in yeah. their underwear each. Right, you know, Like right. four kids just going on a fucking mm -hmm. field trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, they're putting But old, this is before they had like that whole- The scanners the and shit like that. Yeah, that's these, what I mean. It's all- It's had to clear the mag. It's all, cha it's all changed now. But I mean, look, you can get bricks in through the port of Gowanus. You can mm -hmm. load them up in, in the Puerto Rico. And I think the PR is the big jump off because the packages that come in, the shipments- that's not considered international cargo. It's domestic because mm. PR is like a colony, yeah. basically. So it's not subject to the same scan like an international box would be. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? But they they know they know this. They, the the feds know this. Oh, of course. Coming. They know of the course. whole route. They know all this shit. But shit gets sophisticated. Like yeah, totally. You know, they get smarter. They get smarter. Yeah. You know, it's just a cat and mouse yeah. game, man. You got to get it while it's good. Yeah. Hey guys, let's take a minute to thank our amazing new sponsor for today's episode, Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon is cereal reinvented. We all love cereal. We all grew up as kids eating our favorite cereal. Unfortunately, that stuff is packed with garbage. Thank God for Magic Spoon. Right now, Magic Spoon is offering a variety pack of your favorite flavors, including fruity, cocoa, peanut butter, and frosted. My favorite personally is frosted. Delicious. Magic Spoon cereal has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five net grams of carbs in each serving. And it's only 140 calories per serving. They're also keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that they have a 100% happiness guarantee. If you're not satisfied at all with their product, they will refund your money, no questions asked. So right now, click the link in the description and use promo code connect to get $5 off anything on their website, or just go to magicspoon.com slash connect 
and get $5 off anything in the Magic Spoon catalog. It truly is revolutionizing cereal eating. Thank you so much. Now let's get back into the episode. So you basically have, in my opinion, because we go into major detail about the drug trade on this show, you have one of the probably the most profitable chain, the most profitable niche in the drug market is selling high-end cocaine retail in major cities. I mean, besides London and, you know, somewhere else in Europe, New York is the cocaine hub. But I mean, New York is like people in Miami party and do coke. People in LA party. It's glitzy. They do coke because they want to. Mm-hmm. In New York, you have to do coke because <laughs> it's hell. You're working 12 hours a day, yeah. and then you expected to go out and party with your coworkers. Yeah. And how are you going to stay up drinking until 2 a.m.? No, I mean with, it's without a, a bag of it's, yayo. It's a 24 hour, seven day a week operation. It's yeah. not. It's not like hey, uh, you know, definitely like the weekends get more get busier, busier, right? But there was nights where Tuesday nights were. The same as fucking Saturday nights. Yeah. Like it was crazy. Unbelievable. Was crazy. And and you're not even cutting, you're not even stepping on oh, the yeah, brick. I, I wasn't. Because why would you? Because you if you have the best Coke, if everybody else is stepping on it, why even take that risk? Why take the hassle? I, I mean, I learned that. Get the early, highest dollar. Yeah, I learned that early when I was a kid. Yeah. I, you know, I used to sell for some guy that was cutting it and yeah. taught me how to cut it and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And then I saw him. Yeah. Like. The, the customer's talking shit like, hey, this guy got, you know, that thing is cutting my nose, blah, blah, yeah. blah, whatever yeah. it is. And so I knew very early that if I had, you know, higher profit margins and returning customers that I was going to make more money. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And that, that's what it was all yeah. about. Just yeah. keep consistent and and keep the customer happy. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than haggling with cokeheads. I used to have that back in the day when people would be like, man, this shit is bunk. I'm like, well, what do you want? You bought drugs. <laughs> Don't make me make this right. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like I'm not, uh, this isn't a customer service line <laughs> for Delta. You know? Well, I, I try to operate more on a customer service side because uh, when, when I was operating, it, it basically everybody had a block. Everybody mm-hmm. had a corner. Yeah. And so if you wanted to buy Coke, you wanted to buy drugs, you go into the corner bodega. Yeah. We're sitting in the front of the bodega. Mm-hmm. You copping and going. Yeah. You know, and, and so did you have white people? And I know like the Lower East Side, it just starts to get gentrified because we're about the same age. Yeah, yeah. We're like in high school, the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Did, would you actually have white people coming into bodegas and looking around for like, you know, the young Latin uh, kids or? One or two, but they were scared. Right. They were scared. They were not dealing with us. Right. You and know, so you're missing were, out on a whole market. A whole different yeah. market. Right. And, and, and my crew is scared. And my not only my crew, but like everybody in the neighborhood that had different corners was scared of white people. Because you assume those are cops. Because white people are cops. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And so they they thought I, my boys thought I was crazy. And I mm-hmm. was like, nah, y'all motherfuckers crazy. I just right. saw this dude do a bump you know, down the block, like, yeah, I'm going to sell to his ass. And white people, they don't haggle on price. Yeah, they yeah, don't, yeah. white people don't oh, haggle. No. You get a fucking tip with that yeah, shit. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Oh my God, only 150 bucks for a gram? This is such a good deal. Keep the fucking change. Oh my yeah. God. There, Yeah, white great. people, I mean, you know, gentrification, say what it is, you know, it's got some downsides, but I we mean, will make your neighborhood nice. Nah, it was awesome. So, okay, so you're from, where well, you weren't born in the DR, no, I was born. I was born in the Lower East Side. Yes. My, I, I say I, I was made in the DR. Yeah, because your I parents was, got pregnant in the DR. And yeah, they came my over mom here. was six six months pregnant with me. When she um, came 
your so your father was he involved in the drug trade? Uh, probably maybe. Yeah. Well, well, look, it's, it's no surprise. Like it it was really a viable economic option back in the eighties. If you're a young Dominican man, it's, it's like, you know, I could just go work a corner as a lookout and make a thousand bucks a week, a thousand dollars a week. What, what it would take me two months to make on the Island. Yeah. So it was, Oh no, it'd take you way longer than that. Way longer than that. Right. Um, it was like a real, I don't know if there's crack money like that anymore. Um, but you know, oh, there, statistically there, uh, there is, but there they, is. are they getting it? Like it was like, it's 85. Well, they, they, there is. Yeah, there is. That's so interesting. It's so just interesting. a different way of operating, right? you know, because you're, you're, you're having a delivery service. Yeah. Now. Yeah. You know, back then you had a spot where you corners. had hundreds of people lined up mm-hmm. daily. You're seeing thousands of people, but yeah. if you're running an operation that's, clean and yeah. you could meet a delivery service mm-hmm. 15 minutes, yeah. you know, and you have a minimums of $200, $300 minimum, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's it, true. It, it, that's true. Now, why the Lower East Side? You know, why did your mom not move up to the Heights with all the other Dominicans? Uh, my family was there, you know? So there, there was a lot of Dominicans in the Lower East Side. Right. Where, where, so that this, the, the, the Lower East Side is divided. You have like, the Ave, where Avenue B, mm-hmm. A, C, D. Which is Alphabet City. Alphabet right? City. Well, that was Lower East Side before uh, uh, Bloomberg changed the lines up. Right. That's what uh, you do when you know gentrification's yeah. coming, when they change the name of the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, you'll you'll go to the Avenue B, C, and you'll see uh, tag ups, Lower East Side, you know. Ah, uh, yeah. 90 graffiti back yeah. in the day. Yeah. But you're like, hey, this is Alphabet City. You know? Yeah, like, right. No, this, this, they call it East Village now. Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. They, they, they changed exactly. it. But, uh, yeah. And that no. was the big, those were big dope spots. The, those projects uh-huh, in yeah. Alphabet City, big Heron spots. Oh, no, uh, the, the fucking Tom, Thompson Square Park. That yeah. shit was lined. Yeah. Like, they had the needle program. They were giving yeah. out, they, you would see hundreds of people lined up around the block from the park you know, just getting clean needles mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. could go by and then you have the drug dealer right up the right. block. So <laughs> it was like, money boom, ever boom, made. boom, free needles. Yeah. And then you go yeah. on. You, and you go get your bag of hair on. Yeah. Now, was there ever any part of you? I know you're from the new generation. Are there any Dominicans our age, millennials born in the 80s that are still in the heroin business? Or yeah, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. What is heroin, what has fentanyl done to heroin in New York? We know it's, we know what it's done to certainly- LA and the West coast and, and most of the Midwest, what, what impact has it had on heroin specifically? In I, 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 I don't know. I don't yeah. know, but I know people that still deal dope, you know, that are Dominican that are around the neighborhood. Now who's, who's obviously when I'm just, I'm not, I'm not in when, course, when that fentanyl, when, when that fentanyl thing popped off, I was just like, I'm not, you're long I gone. Was, you're long, gone. long done. With I'm the still there. Yeah. Yeah. I see this shit, yeah. you know, but I was not, knee deep. I was not buying anything. The only thing I'm buying is weed. Yeah. You know? Were you working, uh, before you actually had your own sack? Like I'm talking like 13, 14, were you working f- at Heron spots as like a lookout or a pitcher or anything no, like that? No. Okay. So you never but, actually worked in the business. Uh, I, I've, I've sold heroin. I've yeah. sold heroin, but I was, I was buying like those people coming up to me saying like, yeah, hey, can I get a bundle? So I'm going up yeah. to the person that yeah. is going to give me a bundle for 65 bucks. And it's like China white shit, you know? Right. And, and like we're in the border of Chinatown mm-hmm. and there was that Chinese mafia down there. 
This is interesting. And, the China, this is how thorough the Chinese are. People don't talk about this. They yeah. were a major heroin importers of yeah. the China white. The, yeah, yeah. The, the shit yeah. that like you, you never even saw on the West Coast. No, the you shit couldn't you get sniff, that shit uptown. You can't even get, get it uptown. No, no. Wow. And so they they were the ones importing it back in the day? I I, I don't know how their operations work, but yeah. I was getting it from my boy. Who was connected with Chinese dudes. He was Chinese. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and all the Chinese flying dragon yeah, shit in yeah. his arms. Yeah. And, and uh, old school dude, you know, fucked around with, with Puerto Ricans over there that yeah. he was, you know, getting weight for as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I seen them probably a couple months ago in Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> Cleaned up, changed. you know, wow. and just, just doing the right thing. And Do you think you had an advantage growing up on the Lower East Side because it there's so many different races on top of each other? Do you think that gave you uh, an advantage in business later? Because, you know, if you've grown up on 185th, it's just Dominicans and yeah. some Blacks. Well, do, do you think it was, it, did, it, did it make you less uh, afraid of like, the new world that was coming. Uh, so there was not a lot of white people. No, uh, but there's Chinese. Uh, there was Puerto Chinese. Rican, there was Jews. You yeah, were, uh, Jews. The Hasidic, Hasidic yeah. Jews. Like we used to like work with them and on Orchard Street selling yeah. socks and yeah and all that shit. You know, um, selling socks. They had socks for like you know there. So basically, Orchard Street was like the street where. People hustle you mm -hmm. for white t-shirts, boxers, yeah. socks, right. you know, the basic shit. But they are, the Hasidic Jews owned all those little shops mm -hmm. and they were like hire a Puerto Rican Dominican kid to stand outside and be screaming down the block and yeah. saying, cause they used to sell leathers there. They used to sell yeah. the fur coats. So like all the pimps, if you ever talk to a pimp, the pimp in New York got their their pimp jackets there. Like, On Orchard like, Street. Yeah, you got okay. your, your mix, So it's like yeah. a nicer Canal Street? Or is it no, the same thing, knockoff, just like Canal? No, it was no knockoffs. Okay. It was like cheap clothes, yeah. like socks and underwears and shit like yeah. that. And then you had high-end leather furs mm -hmm. and all that shit. Right. So, so yeah, I, I think it's definitely like, to in my mind, that's a better, you can't control where you grew up, but I think- you know, I mean, it was definitely like you, way, way more diverse. It's a culturally and way more diverse so the environment. One, one thing, so my my first language is Spanish mm -hmm. because that's all that, yeah. that I heard around me. And then there was like five bodeg Dominican bodegas around my block. Yeah. But like going to first grade, second grade, third, they used to make me sing the Dominican National Anthem <laughs> before the, the American National Anthem. Uh, and I was like on uh, they. They call it ESL now, but it yeah. was like a bilingual class. You see a Dominican with a baseball bat in the streets of New York. He's not assaulting anyone. He's just practicing. You <laughs> yeah, know? he's going to be Sammy Sosa. Wow, that's so fascinating. Yeah. Did you, but were Dominicans from the Lower East Side playing baseball? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was riding. I was, <laughs> Doesn't matter. I was playing baseball all the time. On concrete. On concrete. <sighs> so now they, they when I, I went into prison and came out, and then there was a fucking soccer field. Then I was like, damn. Oh, this, God this, damn, this, these fucking crackers. You, you fucked up the yeah, neighborhood, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, Mexicans will be using it too. Yeah, but, no, you know. they did. They did, yeah. you know, and but whatever, you know. So but we used to play stickball. We had yeah. a spray paint the 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 diamond, uh, and so we would, that's how we played. That's you know, so fucking ball, cool. Like uh, it's SpongeBob. the 1950s, yeah, you yeah. know. Wow. Um so today, who are the Dominicans and the Puerto Ricans, the locals? Yeah. 
who's still there? Is it just people like your mom that have owned apartments rent controlled since that era that just haven't given them up? Is that kind of, that's you know the, I mean? that's the only Latinos, the only, can, the only Latinos that could afford it is down there because of that. Right. Or, or they're in the projects. They're so in the there's, projects. There's a lot of projects in the Lower yeah. East side. You know, yeah. if, I mean, if you're counting like from 14th street mm -hmm. and, and alphabet city, yeah. you know, you're going from 14 all the way down to the Brooklyn bridge. Yeah. And, and then, and then we got the whole waterfront, which is the, the prime real estate. That yeah. Every they're trying to knock they're trying all that to knock shit them down. down. They're doing everything they can. Well, they 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 do yeah. it. They're gonna do it. Yeah, they, eventually. My my brother's actually. I, I don't know if you know, but he's a city council member, right? And he's is fighting. he trying to stop that? He's, he's he has lawsuits against those those, and they're they're bashing him. So like the Equinox crew, mm -hmm. uh, they have like a, the Equinox group has like a huge real estate firm. It's called uh, his name is Ross something like that. He he helped. I don't know if you saw that article back in four or five, seven, I don't know when Trump won. Yeah. Uh, but they, the Equinox crew like gave him a lot of money to his campaign. It was like a crazy amount of Right. Money. Sure. Uh, and so that same group is, it raised so much money and fucking started doing smear campaigns against my brother. Right. Saying that he's defunding the police, that he's bringing crime rates mm. up. He's, yeah. you know, the streets are dirty. Yeah. And all these mailers are going out to fucking old people in the neighborhood and they see this shit and they're like, Oh, there's liberal, you know, he's yeah. making this change. And then I should sell, it. I should just take their money and leave. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. No, it's such when I hear like, and I love Joe Rogan, but all he does is talk about how much crime is in New York. And I'm like, this that motherfucker shit is bullshit. That is, shit is has bullshit. no, just look at the stats, dude. Yeah, it's 1990 bullshit. It's bullshit. There were 2,500 murders <laughs> in one year, 2,500 mm -hmm. and do you know where most of the murders, the majority of them, it wasn't, I mean, it, mm. it was happening all over the place. The prime murder location was the Lower East Side. Mm. So, and it's probably because of all that dope money that was going yeah. through, right? You yeah. had junkies from Brooklyn that can pop over, you know what I mean? Crackheads from all over the place yeah, descend and then can be out. But it's like, dude, it's like, yes, there's a lot of shoplifting and mm. there's street crimes coming back. There's a lot of homeless people. But I mean, just the stats are there. Like it's a different city. Well, you the, know? the homeless people, they had them in like shelters in a certain part upstate. Yeah. And then during the pandemic, they all like migrated down to the city. <laughs> yeah. And so they just stood there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so, and then, and then the, the, they started getting these hotels and, mm -hmm. and, yeah. And, and the city was paying for these hotels. Right. And but the there's hotel. people making money. The, the, they of hire course. private people to build all that shit. And then they give them all the money. And then they're like, you don't have to stay here. And New York politics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if true. I were your brother, I'd take the money. He, yeah, my, brother, my, my brother is like the only person that's not motivated by money. Yeah. And I'm like, yo. <laughs> hey, fuck it, bro. What if the Titanic's I'm sinking? I'm going to smack you up, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. Oh, shit. So you're, so you're hustling even before the drugs. You're working for, you know, Hasidic Jews, barking. We got shirts, socks, or whatever. <laughs> no, nah, I never did that job, but, like, my boys. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. It, yeah. Did you have a hustle, like, selling candy, any of that New York shit? Yeah, I sold candy on trains. <laughs> I, I, you were that annoying uh, yeah, kid. Yeah, I was fucking opening up fire hydrants yeah. uh, on Rivington Street, cleaning cars. Um, wow. You know, I did all that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. So then, and then you're just like basically like any other kid, you start smoking blunts, you know, Philly blunts probably. Yeah. Um, I still I, smoke. I smoked it, a Philly yesterday. Yeah, I bet. Motherfuckers yeah. was like, you got Phillies? I'm like, yeah, I, can't, I don't want to smoke nothing now. I don't even know where you get a Philly anymore, man. <laughs> I, I got to order them online. It's, right. It's sad. Yeah, that's crazy. We should plug them on this show, <laughs> see if they want to advertise with us. 
So you start smoking blunts. Um, you know, uh, you've told the story a million times how you get into it. You get into it the way you live, right? Like some, this guy wants weed, you know, who's let's talk about that for a second before we get into Coke. Yeah. Uh, 2000, 2001, 2002, when you first start bubbling weed, who has it wholesale? 98. Okay. So yeah. you were, how, what year 13. were you born? Okay. Yeah. 95. Yeah. Wow. So you're a young, yeah. young kid out there. Yeah, seventh I, started, grade. I started smoking in uh, 96. Okay. Uh, my, so the first time I smoked was with my cousin, Alex, he lived. So my whole, so my mom moved to the Lower East Side because my family lived in the same floor. Every apartment, there was five apartments and they were all first cousins, second cousins. Yeah. That's so some Dominican like, New York shit. And I slept in my cousin's, uh, my aunt's uh, couch. You wow. Know? And, and, and that's how we, I grew up until one apartment was available across right. the hall. <laughs> and we moved there. Yeah. And, and then my yeah. mom, you know, we were there. But the first time I smoked weed was my cousin across the hall. He was smoking weed at like probably seven, like this motherfucker was mm. running around with yeah. uh, LF. It was a like a, a local gang that was like running the streets as La Familia. And so um, he uh, he was like, hey, you want to smoke? And I, and I used to smoke cigarettes, you know, mm. joking around. I didn't even yeah. know how to fucking smoke. And so uh, he he brought me up to the roof and we he was like, yo, you know how to roll? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, fronting like I knew how to fucking roll. And I mm. rolled like a football yeah, fucking yeah. blunt. And and uh and remember we how embarrassing it. that shit was when uh, you couldn't roll, when yeah, you couldn't twist one? Yeah. Yeah. So no, he, now it's uh, now these kids can't even fucking roll. No, yeah. they really can't now. Yeah. They can't even like it's like driving a stick shift. They're yeah. like, what? I got this pen. Yeah. <laughs> so were your cousins in the game? Was were people yeah. on that floor in the game? Yeah, yeah. And and were they who had the wholesale weight? Like if you were 13, 14 and you started like selling off sacks, what was the re-up? How much were you buying? Who had it back then? I, I was buying my shit from my cousin. Got it. Uh, and what kind getting, of weed was it? Uh, it was like Arizona shit. Got it. So know? it was Mexican weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Mexico. Yeah. We're talking like tray bag shit. Yeah, yeah. Seeds, stems. Yeah, yeah. Seeds, stems, <laughs> all that shit. That's just popping. Pop. Yeah. You know, when you smoke <laughs> exactly. that shit. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, there was there was also like hydro. Some people had the haze. Haze and shit. You know, I had family on Audubon. So, right. you know, I was so getting Audubon haze is, is Harlem. Yeah. Um, no, and, Washington Heights. I'm sorry, Washington yeah, Heights. Yeah, they yeah. spill over. Yeah, yeah. One, above 155th Street is Washington Heights. Yeah. So that was, you know, basically, you know, the uptown had uh, the best weed, has the best wholesale everything, right? Yeah, yeah. So somebody had a connect up there and would bring the hydro or the haze down to well, downtown. The, 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 the hydro and stuff like that was being grown. And like you had, I used to call it like Canadian bacon because it was like that Canadian, mm -hmm. you know, the, yeah. the BC shit yeah. that, that we would get. What's the shit that guys like me would send out from Oregon yeah. and Northern California? Yeah. We would get it to, you know, I had Dominican buyers in Inwood yeah. on like 207th or some shit like that. Yeah. And, you know, I would get my packs to them and then they would give it to, you know, guys like your cousin. And I, and I lived on Dykeman too. I lived on, okay, on, on yeah. Sherman in between 204 and Academy. So I, you know, all this, yeah, you know, all this building 120, you had the fucking <laughs> the hundred piece salad diesel pieces with the staple 20 on it. That shit was amazing. And then you had one seven third and Audubon. You had the limousine bags yeah. you know, that were like 20 bucks, but they were, uh, they were selling them for 15. So everybody was going up there. That so, right. So would you actually make trips up there oh, at a going, young I, age? I was doing trips five, six, seven times a day. 
you're on the train the whole day. No, no, no. On the FDR driving. Oh, okay. So, Are you able to drive? Yeah, we were stealing cars and driving up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. And you're from New York. You don't know how to drive. I mean, you <laughs> never, you were never gonna drive in the first place. Yeah, no, so, I started driving because I stole my dad's car and yeah, and, and yeah, learn how yeah. to drive. But. Wow, so you take the FDR just up the west side? No, east that's side, east side. Yeah. East side. Yeah, yeah, pop in. It's so easy. You pop into yeah, Autobahn. You go or, right on the corner. Yeah. There was times that, like, when I was on my heyday, I, I thought I was fucking crazy and I was legal and nobody could stop me. I was driving a fucking uh, Cadillac Fleetwood 22-inch rims. It was in the dub magazine, my fucking car, <laughs> with the loudest oh, fucking playing music. Just painting your chest on. And, come, yeah, come arrest me. Yeah. Paint and the target on TVs you. TVs everywhere. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, there was times where I was playing porno <laughs> and just fucking making mad noise. Yeah. And, you know, just stupid shit like that. Yeah. But fucking driving up to Audubon and driving on the sidewalk, like because yeah. the guys are sitting on the milk crate and I'm just- Right. So as, know, so as, 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 er, as recent as the late nineties, early two thousands, you have that old school wholesale distribution uptown where Dominicans are just waiting. They're just posted obvious as fuck. Yeah, yeah. And drug dealers from every part of the Northeast are driving in, yeah. like looking around and they're like, and flagging you over, right? Yeah, uh, you go, you go, you were going to Dykeman and Post. And, yeah. And Post was just a, uh, the traffic line to get through Post was crazy. Just a cop. Just a cop. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. Wow. So you, that's is a nice little trade. So it sounds like it, there was a lot of Arizona shit, but there was some haze. Well, Lower there was Side, some- there was, you know, the first time I got, uh, like good, like, Haze or mm-hmm. some shit like that was from uh this guy named Bert, you know, or shout out to Bert. He mm-hmm. had one eye patch, mm-hmm. was bringing the haze down there, was bringing so they were getting like you know pounds of haze from yeah. uptown and then they had the connect right. was coming, but then you were paying more, yeah. You know? The so ins- you, prices were insane, yeah, so you had yeah. to back then. I know you had to really, it was a risk buying really high end weed back then yeah. because you didn't know if people would want to spend it. Yeah. It's not like today where that's the only way you can get off weed is that if it's, it's the best. Yeah, no, you, you, you had the, 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 the haze was going for like 400, 450 an, an ounce. ounce. <laughs> You're doing 0.3 dimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which, which is enough to fill up yeah. like a quarter of a Philly paper. Yeah. 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 And then, and then you have, uh, you know, uptown that was selling like, you know, 0.5 dimes. Yeah. You know? So that yeah. was, yeah. So, so you, I, did you have your own sack by that, by this time, or were you just getting it on front? All right, you guys, it's that time. You already know, we got to take a minute to shout out our amazing longtime sponsor of the connect mood. Mood is the number one online dispensary for Delta eight and Delta nine products in the entire country. Good friends of ours. Check it out. They have an array of gummies, edibles, concentrates, pre-rolls, flour, Anything that you need that is perhaps not legal in your state, it is completely legal online. Delta 8 and Delta 9 products delivered straight to your door, and you got to get them from Mood, mood mood.co. Right now, if you go over there and order any product you want from their website and use the promo code CONNECT20, that's C-O-N-N-E-C-T-2-0, CONNECT20, you'll get 20% off your order. 
That's not all. If you use the promo code CONNECTFREE, that's C-O-N-N-E-C-T FREE, they will give you a free pack of Delta 9 gummies on the house. All you pay for is shipping. You guys, join the future. Go over to hellomood.co and order your Delta 8 and Delta 9 products today. All right, let's get back into the show. So I was getting, so the first time I bought an ounce was like, like 1998. Yeah. And, and then I was bagging them up as nickels. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're in your mom's like, bathroom or something, right? I've done that in my mom's bathroom. We all been yeah. there, man. We all been there. <laughs> with the fucking marble notebook. Like, <laughs> exactly. You know, with yeah. the little scale. Yeah, you know? mom, leave me alone. I'm just jerking <laughs> off in here. <laughs> uh, when did your mom find out what you were up to? Uh, my mom found out when I got locked up, when I was arrested at 13. Okay, yeah. right. And so you, was that a weed charge? That was a weed charge. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I heard that. You were just yeah. smoking though, right? Uh, so I sold two bags of weed. Yeah. And then my boy that I sold to, he was like, hey, you want to smoke with me? Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, let me get that. Yeah. So I went, got a Philly, yeah. you know, rolled it up while I was walking. He smoked. He yeah. passed it back to me. And then they they caught me. TNT, right? Yeah, The yeah. sweeps. Yeah, yeah. tactical nar- narcotics team. Yeah. These are like the Giuliani- this is the Giuliani era. So yeah. that people don't realize they yeah. would just come sweep you for all this petty crime, window washing, small amounts of drugs. Everybody was going to jail. You ain't and getting then, a ticket. And, they, and you're sitting in that paddy wagon yeah. for hours. You while you that you pick, up. And then, yeah, you're seeing your boy down the block like, yo, yeah, they caught me. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they're not going in. They're not wasting their time with two people. They're like, no, no, no. We're going to go they, until we until fill this they thing they up. Until they fill the van up. Yeah. And then you, you're in there. And now you got bookings. You two, three days. In yeah. There. You know, don't get caught. Somebody posted. They were like, don't get caught today because the judge won't be in until Tuesday. Wow. So you might be in there all weekend (laughs) so over over smoking weed over two bags of chronic a 16 year old could be sitting in not mdc but uh where would they send you for low-end offenses Uh, well manhattan detention center oh okay so they i thought it was just for federal people you're going to the tombs well no they you have uh the the you have the feds yeah that's the fed side the fed side which is a building down the block and you have the the local wow so you'd just be at that precinct all weekend yeah um, the tombs, That's the tombs. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, drug dealing into, we, look, we were uptown with our boy unique and, you know, we, he introduced us to this old, really, really nice Dominican family. And you'd never guess that they used to hold like a hundred bricks of Coke mm-hmm. for him at mm-hmm. a time, millions of dollars. He'd be like, I need you to stash this. Right. But it just, it's, it's just an accepted thing. Like white people think it's like this crazy to Dominicans and Jamaicans and people that are just from a place where drug trafficking is just one of the most economically viable ways to survive. I don't know. It's, it's not really a thought. It's not a big stigma to it, in my opinion, from what I've seen, but was that true with your family and your parents and your mother? Or that was like a big no, no. No, yeah, my mom was like a no, no, like right. She she thinks she still like I'm opening up a dispensary. She thinks I'm. Uh, she called me a, an assassin. She said, "Toro un asesino, coño," and she thinks marijuana kills people. Wow, you know, so that it, it's she's been through a lot of trauma with yeah. me being incarcerated nine of times course. and all this shit. Yeah, and like oh, you know, it's a lot. Yeah, but my dad has been through. You know, he's seen it. You know, he. He uh, had his best friend, you know, that he had a bodega with in East New York that got caught with bricks in mm-hmm. the bodega. Thank God my dad 
didn't get involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Supposedly didn't get involved in yeah. that. But yeah. you know, so like he he's been through it. He's seen it. Yeah. He's not blind to mm-hmm. how that industry works. Yeah, because you know? your mom's really educated too, right? Yeah, I mean, she went to school in the Dominican Republic. I guess and, she doesn't and, know the effects of marijuana. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I mean, I mean, she's not educated she's, in that she's way. She's smart, you know, yeah. like book smart. She she studied in DR. She yeah. was a teacher, elementary school teacher yeah. in DR. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just, I, I, it, uh, the trauma that they face is because like back then in the Dominican Republic in the 50s and 60s where they grew up in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, there was yeah. like little weed farms and yeah. they, they, they had this like, Regonomic mentality, like you get, you smoke that, you go create the yeah. reef, the reefer, right? Whacking totally. Shit. It's island, yeah, kind of like you know, uh, culture and beliefs that come from Africa or whatever they come yeah. from, you and know? then they come over here and they have us, and then we get involved, and it's like, yeah, this is the worst thing oh, ever. It's heartbreaking. You know? it's, I, it's, I can't imagine for them because they're like, why am I here? I should have exactly. just stayed on the island. Exactly. So you had to shake and move from that point on. You did you try to hide it? You you really tried to hide it? Uh, I had to hide shit while I was stashing shit in my parents' crib when <laughs> yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, of course you had to hide yeah. it. But I mean, yeah. did you have to front? Like no, I I no. always had to front no, to my parents. I, I was I was smoking in front of yeah. my parents. Uh, like my my dad used to be like, "Yo, just stop smoking in the corner," because he used to be in the corner like yeah by hanging out in the bodegas and mm-hmm. shit. And I was smoking a fire skate. I was just right. smoking a roof. Uh, but I was not, they were not going right. to stop me from being outside. Like, if you were in New York and you lived through that that era, like, you did not want to be inside. Inside, being inside was a punishment. That's right. You know? Like, yeah. now these kids, like, yeah. I was talking to somebody yesterday about this. Like, they, they look forward to being inside and was stuck with video games. Yeah. Like, I hated that shit. No, back in the day, I mean, I can't even imagine the <laughs> fucking excitement yeah. of running around in, uh, in the Lower East Side of uh, Manhattan. Man. So, okay, great. So you're breaking your mother's heart. Good job, Cos. <laughs> I've been there. So yes, I still um, love her. Yeah, of course. It's actually course. Mother's Day in the Dominican Republic today. Is it? Yeah. Did you give your, is your grandmother Happy still Mother's living? Day, Mama. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. To all the, uh, all the deportees. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you know anybody related uh, to you in your family that got deported, that got caught with work? Yeah. Got arrested and deported? My, my godfather got deported. He got caught with like 18 bricks in mm-hmm. the back of a town car. Yeah. And then uh, my my uncle, he got, uh, rest in peace, but he got caught uh, with a few bricks and then he snuck back in from the border of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and was still running around, then got caught again and yeah. got deported. So you get caught with 18 bricks. You got to go do your time. Yeah. It'd be great if yeah. you could just come from a different country and they catch you yeah. and they're like, we're just sending you back. No. But no, yeah. they make you sit yeah. and then he you got to go of, back. It did a lot of time. It's brutal. Yeah, I know there's a lot of kingpins from the 80s, though. They probably got away with it and they got a lot of money, sent it back. And, you know, even if they got arrested, did time, now they're back there living off of, you uh, know, no, the I proceeds mean, from that if, era. If you, I don't know if you ever been to the Dominican Republic, yet, but no. you should. And if you are like my... Uh, where my family's from is, is San Francisco de Macorís. It's, it's like San Francisco. Right? Yeah. It's the third biggest city. You got Santo Domingo, you got Santiago, then you got San yeah. Francisco. If you go to my uh, a city where my family's from, there's nothing but mansions. <sighs> and it's all deported uh, drug dealers. Oh and, my and God. And you have like the Haitian guys with fucking 
M50s. The bodyguards, right? Yeah, standing yeah. in front over machetes, wow. like just watching the, the cribs and you have these fucking big walls and wow. crazy shit. Yeah, crazy. I'm sure you go to PR too. There's kingpins yeah. there now too. There's more Mercedes Benz in Dominican Republic in 03 than any country in the world. <laughs> Getting it, bro. <laughs> Ger crazy. Germany was, uh, they had a lot yeah, of orders. Yeah, yeah. They're like, strangely, there seems to be a lot of wealth <laughs> on this little, the Dominican Republic. It's like uh, the, one of the poorest countries. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, dude, for sure. Second only to Haiti, man. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. So there you go. And now like, and now their kids are into everybody's growing weed. Everybody, yeah. all the Dominicans we met who started off in the Coke game, you know, they're sons of the kingpins of the eighties. Everybody's into to weed now, but backing up a little bit, how old were you when you sold your first bag of Coke? Uh, I was 14. You were 14. Okay. Yeah. So um, and you never stopped selling weed, even in the height of your, uh, I always had a, a weed service and a Coke service. Did you feel like that, that those are really clean drugs. Like yeah. I sold both of those. I mean, when the weed started to hit, I put the Coke aside, but those are two like staples, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, what about crack? You told me off pod, you yeah. used to sell crack yeah, to Hasidic Jews and shit. Yeah. So I used to, I, I learned how to cook crack after my first stint when I was 15 yeah. Um, and then, so my first time I got locked up, well, first time I did time was when I was 15 mm -hmm. and then I got, uh, sent to a drug program. Shock? Uh, no, it was, uh, it was a day top. Oh, okay. And so in that, uh, in that program, they had escort, uh, 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 like somebody would escort you to your, your neighborhood. Right. And towards the end of your release. So you, it's like work release type yeah. of feel. And so somebody, I, I escorted somebody to Red Hook Projects, mm -hmm. and it was this- Which like, was thugging back in it, the day. Oh, no, Bloods. Yeah. Paru was yeah. like crazy yeah. over there. So like, I I went over there- Red Hook's Brooklyn, by the way, yeah, fans. Yeah, and, and Red Hook Projects was crazy, yeah. and, and the crack game was insane, but that's where I, I learned how to cook crack. Right. Uh, when and I was when I was 16 years old. What what was the main baking soda? And was there another ingredient? It was, it was just baking soda. It was just baking soda. It was just like free base. Yeah, yeah. Right. You just got to figure out. I think the temperature seems like the hardest part, right? Like when to no, let it lock you, up? Or is yeah, it pretty brainless? Like, I, could I do I, it? Uh, no, you could fuck it up, especially if you're yeah. having a, a lot. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, it all depends on... Uh, how much Coke and how much baking soda that you're mm -hmm. mixing together. Right. You know, and it depends on the Coke, if it's good quality right. Coke, like you, you want to get the, the rawness right. out of it. So, so did you, what was your, how long did you sell crack for? Did you have your own spot? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So I, I, yeah. So I sold crack when it was, uh, probably when I was like 16, no, 17, 18. Uh, so basically this guy that, I inherited the block from mm -hmm. uh, my boy Junebug. He, you know, did his thing for years in the yeah. 80s. You know, what old, happened to OG him? D, dude retired. Yeah. Moved to PA, has wow. doing, you know, yeah. out of the game, has kids, family. Hell yeah. Doing the right thing. But he left me the block and, um, and I took it over. So I was, uh, I, there was, there was a lot of crackheads coming up, but I was, right. I was selling them Coke. Yeah. And the crackheads will, go cook up their own coke correct to, to free base correct. With. yeah um but then i was getting the connect on the crack game mm -hmm. and then i, I so was you like, can make more can. cooking it down and yeah. just give them the crack directly and, I, and and move it faster yeah 
You know, yeah, yeah. I could, I could do. I was doing like dimes of crack. Mm -hmm. you know, I couldn't really do dimes of coke. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of sales, though, man. So now you're 17, 18. Did you have pitchers and runners and uh, and and people barking people in? Uh, I can't imagine you're touching it. You know. Yeah, you no. It's like around that time, I was in front of a stoop, just like 24 hours a day, yeah. seven days a week. Like there was nobody working harder yeah. than me, and like motherfuckers could testify, like. Right. I was a fucking light post on that right. block. But did you even keep the work on you though? Huh? Did you didn't so it, yeah, I would I would keep work on me. I was I was crazy. I was Yeah, that's know, an insane I would I would have fucking fifty bags of coke or crack in my ass yeah. crack and just fucking yeah. spitting them out, you know, and just like it's hard to imagine because you're such a sensible level headed guy taking those kind of risks. Cause by two thousand four, I mean everybody's ratting the jump at you know, they undercovers or black guys. Yeah. You know, it's oh man, you're just taking your life in your own hands. So, yeah, selling but there was like that. There was, there was, uh, the way that I did it was like I would, they would come to the stoop, they would give me the money, I would hit them with a, a walkie talkie message on the top of yeah. the roof. And my boy, we would know like every cab, we would know like undercover cabs and undercover oh, because cars. this is really interesting. You'd know it by the numbers, the on numbers the on the top of the, the cab, like uh, two W4 or 61 and uh, six W. 61, some shit like that. But, and you would see the bottom of the license plate. So the bottom of the license plate supposed to match the top right. of the yellow cab. Right. The D's didn't match that. Right. They and would have like a longer thing. So we would see them cr uh, creeping from yeah. all the way down Eldridge, right. up Eldridge here. And, you know, we would, uh oh, right. You know, and like, so you would just turn and, and walk. You would just, just go turn in the building until they left. Right. And would you, you know? ever have, would you ever know? that an undercover was walking up and would he ever ask you for something? And you'd be like, yo, I don't, I'm just there's, chilling. There's been times, yeah. you know, there was one time I was out there for like three days and there's, uh, this the Spanish guy, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know he was a cop. He came up to, he came up to me. I'm sitting there. It's like five in the morning. Crack. It's like, yeah. it's, the sun is rising. And he's like, yo, bro, you made a lot of money. If you don't get out of here in two hours, we're going to come and raid you. About to be a sweep. And he pulled out his badge. And I'm like, and my boy, <laughs> uh, uh, I was with Junebug at that time. And he's like, we fucking was like, wow. thank you. We thank out. Thank you. Yeah, you we know? owe you a couple we'll be years back. of our life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we, wow. we went upstairs for like a couple hours, Bro, came right back down. down. You just threw it right in his face. Just gave him a big yeah, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's something. So you never got collared in like a buy bus like that? Uh, not, not, wow. not like that. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're one of the few, man. Smart. Yeah. So at what point it must've been the gentrification then the, the encroachment of white people that had that, that hundred bucks, no problem to spend where you yeah. said enough with this hard white shit, I'm focusing on powder. But there was a, there was a, uh, it was not like, uh, just a one day transition overnight because no. I was not going to say no to the people that were buying they, they for, me for years, yeah. you know? And, and then I had yeah. started getting this higher end clientele yeah. that was buying more. Yeah. And so for me, it was just like, you know, I'll sell you a, you know, uh, I was selling like 0.8, 0.750s. And then the white people were like buying it for a hundred bucks, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. whoever called first, I'm just, right. know, I'm still making a profit. So you're selling it until I'm out of it. Yeah, yeah. And eventually and it was- more and then, yeah. you know, and then eventually I was like, fuck the block. There's too many know? people calling me up uh, to we where couldn't, I don't- we, we couldn't- There's we, no time to spend on the block anymore. We couldn't. We when couldn't. did the block end? 
Like really, there there's very little street drug dealing to, to, in my 2000, opinion anymore. Two thousand four, five. It's about, about for, for, for for me. Yeah, and when in uh, general do you think? In general, I mean, it still happens, but it's not. I think uh, probably while I was locked up, mm-hmm. you know, like probably right before the twenty tens. You know? Yeah. So, so how does a crack spot, and then we'll get back to your story. How does a crack spot in uh, a project building in the Lower East Side look now? Is it just like it's just out of an apartment and they just send people up, or is it it's bodega? A it's really it's a phone. Yeah. You, you call somebody. Yeah. You meet up with them. Or, yeah. uh, you know, it's just all phone. Yeah. Uh, there, there is spots. You know, yeah. K like two is crazy right now. Oh yeah, K two is huge. I, I, that's all I read about. Like what the K, fuck is K2 that? K two is 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 like the new crack like there's literally the, the k2 spot on my block still what like, is that everybody in rikers is overdosing they, on they, it apparently they call it synthetic marijuana but it's nothing there's no marijuana <laughs> in it <laughs> i don't know it's like it's, is it like spice remember that shit spice it, it is spice okay that's yeah, what it is so okay. it's like they they i don't know what they put like fucking rabbit food or whatever but they yeah. spraying chemicals on it yeah i smoked you know? that once it, it takes you into like this whole it's the wildest shit and then you yeah. run around like screaming and hysterics like laughing it's it's and, and it lasts like less than five minutes yeah so i yeah if you can turn a trade if you can actually make that an industry well they they, they have that shit as clockwork 24 hours a day there's some dudes that are that that are on my old block not like a block away from there but they, they're out there i don't know wow. where they're from they're not from the lower east side really but they have what kind of spanish shit, black spanish dudes. kids black dudes yeah they, wow. they, they're running shifts out there you know? yeah that's uh, that might not even be a schedule one drug yeah no, it's not even uh, not even in the it's schedule not even, there's not even, it's not even legal look at that workaround it's that's not even illegal, wild bro you know? but i think they, i don't they selling five dollar sticks wow holy shit how they change things change and they don't yeah. you know so, okay, good. So now you're, now you're too busy working off the phone. Um, what's your, what's your re-up like? How I many was, bricks are you picking up? Uh, I was just getting one or two bricks at a time. Of course. Right. But, Why but do you we need any flip, more? We are flipping a brick a week. And what are you, uh, all out in grams, halves, eight balls? Not uh, just grams. Just grams. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't sell any more than a gram. I don't know. Even if you, it was requested. Uh, it, there was times I sold more than that. Yeah. So if somebody was like, "I want a ball," you just be like, "Well, you're gonna no, have to no. buy three grams." No. You wouldn't sell. You wouldn't sell me three grams. I would sell you three grams at three hundred dollars. Right. Right. There's, yeah, no, there's no price. There's, there's no break. No, there's no break. Wow. You know. But okay. I would. So uh, I was. I was getting a brick. Uh, you know, a thousand, a thousand grams, grams, and then I was just a thousand, making a thousand transactions. Backs. Wow, yeah, look at how clean the the simplicity of it is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So you're selling a you got a thousand packs, you got a thousand I was, little I was making like about a it's a revenue was a hundred thousand. Yeah. But I was those deals and stuff like that. I was probably making about eighty uh when you pay off the workers and stuff like Turn that. So we were doing like twenty, twenty-four packs uh to the to the drivers. Yeah. So every driver kept four bags. And they sold 20 bags for us. Gotcha. Okay. So the payment was in blow. For my drivers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But but they were, would they sell to the same people that had your, yeah, yeah, your yeah, line? Yeah. yeah, yeah gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That's you 400 know? bucks. Yeah. 400 bucks to sell 24 they, they were rotating two, three, four. Like the best drivers were running like five, six rounds of 24 packs. A day. A day. Wow. So they're making... Couple, couple yeah, G's a couple of just to, just yeah. to roll around. And how much are they carrying at one time? 
A 24 pack. So, okay. So, yeah. all right. So, and you had traps, you yeah, yeah. St stashing them in yeah. traps, electronic at this point, or just the kind that you pull, no, pull no, down? No, no, no. Electronic? <laughs> uh manual <laughs> okay tell us about a trap we love traps uh so one trap that i had was in uh the, the steering wheel the the horn yep and so uh you, you could pop out the horn mm -hmm. and you could stick your hand right in it yeah and so that was it that's that a was, classic one yeah. now did uh did any driver ever get popped just getting pulled over like on a fluke uh yeah yeah um uh, uh, not too many, but yeah. And would I they mean, bring a dog out or how do you get to the Coke in the trap? Uh, no, they, they got caught like red handed, like shit, like, you know, in their pocket or I don't know. They got caught right. like, doing a transaction or something like that. Okay. It was but did you like, have any undercover buys? Uh, when I, when I got my big case. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. There so was, we'll, there was about 40 sales. Okay. Gotcha. But you know, I, I tell people like it's selling Buying Coke at wholesale and selling it at retail, especially when you have the line on the good plug, it's the best, safest way to do it. Because if I'm selling 20 pounds of weed, I'm giving it to drug dealers and they're giving it to their dealers and they're giving it dealers, dealers, dealers. And I got 12 people involved that might get popped and turn around. If I'm you, I'm selling a gram to Robert De Niro. He's not uh, wired for the feds. He's going to go <laughs> sniff that shit and it's done, right? Yeah, it was, yeah anonymous you it know was, it was simple we were so when i was on the block and like hustling i was getting stopped two three times a day yeah by cops just yeah like they would just roll up on me and get me on the wall search me yeah you know and and that was just like we'll see him coming up we'll get on yeah. the wall and it was just like a, a normal yeah, shit exactly when i was dealing with like fucking high-end people yeah it, i didn't have to deal with any of that anymore. none of it, it you're was, off the block and we were wearing suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. The, the whole suit shit came because I caught a case when I was uh, uh, 18. Um, I got caught with uh, like 20 bags of weed. Like, uh, I don't know, it was like 30 bags of Coke and 30 bags of crack. And I had it in my seam of my jacket. Mm. And How do you get out of that? That's so much... I like, mean, I got, I got caught. This guy, no, but I'm saying, <laughs> but how much time? Yeah, like, I got three years. Okay. Yeah. Did you actually do that or was that suspended? I, I got, I did shock. At that okay. Time. You did shock. Yeah. Okay. Which is the drug program. So like, yeah. I know that cause I read 50 cents book. Yeah. Like, or that's so like I went a camera to the same spot as, as 50 cents. Okay. Book. Yeah. So you could get a gang of time. They have the same shit in Oregon. I didn't qualify for it though. No, cause they, I'd already it's, been... it's only three years. So back then you only could get it once you get it right. for your first offense. Right. Right. Now right. they change the rule. You can get it unlimited amount wow. of times. So you could, you could literally be sentenced to three years, five years, and if you qualify for this program, it, it, you only get it at, at your third when you have three years left to your release. Oh, okay. So if I got three years. I'm sitting in Rikers for a little bit. I'm yeah. upstate for a little bit, and then I'm gonna start the program for six months. Gotcha. So how how much time total did you? A do? year. Okay, got it. So that shock is a drug program. You you do your time. You do this program. It's like boot camp or something, yeah. and it wipes out the rest of a whole big as, ass as, sentence. As ex Marines turn correctional officers, and yeah. they. they beat the fuck out of you. Yeah. I mean, that shit is not easy. Most right. motherfuckers don't even want to deal with this right. shit. Right. They're like, I'd rather, yeah, just I'd rather sit. do my three years yeah. and yeah. not go to shock. But yeah. for me, it was like, I need to get back on the block. Right. I'm going to do six months, get the hell out. Did, uh, did you leave the business to somebody while you had to go in? Yeah. So, so I didn't start the business by myself. I started it with my boy, like my right hand man. Right. And, and, uh, he, uh, 
he, he, I got locked up by this shock. I came home. I took over the business. He got locked up. He got <laughs> shocked. And then it's it was perfect. like, we were in and out, yeah. you know? And, but when, when I came home, that's when it like, he took it from, you know, maybe a million dollar business to like a $5 million mm-hmm. business, yeah. you know, because it was just so yeah. busy. Yeah. Um, and, and were you worried at all? Like the, the main thing is you can't lose those numbers. That's you can't lose the line because that is what leads you to that's leads you to all the customers. Mm-hmm. Even though it's pretty good, easy to get Coke customers in New York, you give excellent Coke to one person and they tell ten people. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so okay, so I imagine what was I going to ask you? So you're buying, and what are you paying on a brick on a kilo? Twenty one, twenty two. Uh, I've paid eighteen at the cheapest. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I paid thirty at the highest. Yeah. And are your plugs Dominican? Uh, Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Uh, so when I was running out of my Puerto Rican connect, then I was getting it from the Dominicans uptown. So yeah, okay. Was my, my, I had a cousin that was just, uh, flipping bricks up there. Gotcha. So you had several suppliers? Yeah, but the, the shit up there was not as good as straight from PR. Okay, so. Yeah. Uh, that, like I knew it was cut. Yeah, right, right. So essentially when you bought from the PR, you were going around. The Dominicans uptown were just getting it from PR and giving it to you. You were kind of getting middleman. They getting from they might have got it from somebody else. But they were middleman. They were they were middleman. You were getting yeah, yeah, it middled were, to you. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And yeah. Dominicans and I, and I had to go over there because I would run out and right. then the next shipment order wouldn't come. Right. So you actually knew when there would be a load coming from the PR. And so your plug could be like you know, we got new stuff coming in. So you could actually predict when a drought would be, when it was going to get wet. Yeah, there was, yeah. Did you go same. through a drought? Yeah. Like and what that's, a shipping? That's, that's when I was paying like 30 a brick uptown. Oof. Yeah. 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 And for less, for lower quality shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you hear pro, would you hear complaints when you had to go uptown and yeah. buy it for yeah. 30? Would you notice the calls I mean, start the to calls, slow down? Yeah. No, the the calls didn't really slow down, but they, some people would be like, oh, this is okay. Right. It's not the best. Would you tell your drivers to tell when they were dropping off the lower quality? Would you have to be like, hey, sorry, this is. No, we just. Just take it. Try to get but, but I was, <laughs> I was just trying to <laughs> just get take rid it, of it. You fucking junkie. Why is everybody <laughs> bitching? <laughs> no, but it, uh, it was, so basically the, the shit that they were selling uptown in the street, like yeah. hand-to-hand transaction, that shit was pure. But when you would buy- cause How does it, that make any sense? So they, they were they would cut it if it was a big order, you know? And so, but- Again, if, that doesn't seem fair. So they, so to get the, the notoriety of your block, you have to have the you best work. You gotta have the best so shit, You're yeah. not gonna cut your shit for right. the corner guys- you're going to keep that shit. And this rolling. isn't back in the day when you have just a hundred keys stashed. Like you yeah, might only yeah. have two bricks. And if you want a whole block, I got to make it stretch. Yeah, That makes sense. So, so what I would do, I would go uptown and, and I would buy all the work from the kids on the corner. Wow. So they were selling uh 0.5 dubs. Yeah. That's $20 20s. for 0.5 grams. Yeah, po- yeah. And then I would, you know, uh, sell those for 50 up, uh, in the street. So you'd, how many could you buy at I a was, time? I was buying, I was sweeping them out off Take, the block. Uh, give like, me as much as you have Let me get right everything, now. but I was giving them $15. Right. I'd so be you, like, yo, give me $15. I'll, I'll buy you out of all your work. Yeah, I'll buy oh, a hundred, a hundred, a couple hundred bags off of them. Right. So if you bought 200 half grams, that's a hundred grams. Yeah. So you could get, you're just doing what you had to do. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. But that work was incredible. That's fucking And that was in front brilliant. of my building when I was living up there. Yeah, on, on right. One, one, 160, building 160. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, great. So, so, yeah, that's just the nature of the Coke game, right? If it's coming off the ship and it gets picked up, you know, yeah. and, and Customs grabs it. Now, did your uh, connect from the PR? Was he a Puerto Rican guy or was he just getting it from PR? No, he's Puerto Rican. He's Puerto Rican. Yeah. Uh, did he ever get pinched or were you working with him the whole time? I was working with them. Nice. Nice. So you're copping a brick or two at a time. Your stash is you move your stash I've, around. I've bought in more bricks before for different orders and shit like right. that. But I, that was pretty much the operation. If if you, yeah. Like if he predicted a drought, would you get more? No, I was getting shit for like other people, like my boys that would, you know, requesting half of bricks and bricks and oh shit so like you would that. give so, love like that sometimes so, yeah i would get a couple points off of it oh uh, okay and, so and you would basically just do that because yeah. you knew these guys were solid yeah, yeah just yeah, showing yeah. love yeah. okay so um and your stashes you had kept everything in manhattan where you would bag uh, it up where Bron you held it bronx and manhattan why the bronx uh, it was just easy to get uh, the Upper East Side, Upper West Side. Right, of course. You know. Yeah, you just fly up the FDR again. Uh, yeah, well, so that the so I was in the Lower East Side. We had a stash crib in the Lower East mm -hmm. Side. We had a stash crib in the Upper West Side, and then we had a stash crib in the Bronx. Right, the Bronx were hit like that northern right the Upper East Side. Yeah, uh, way faster. Right, uh, the Lower East Side we could get anywhere between like. Uh, you know, 42nd street down right. in 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. What was your busiest area? The most profitable? Uh, Lower East Side. Yeah. 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 Because you have the financial district, you have the richest neighborhood, Tribeca. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to Wall Street every Wall day. Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. Now. And I was going, and, and when Williamsburg started. Started getting, to pop, of yeah, course. That, that we were. Boom, jump there, over the bridge. We were there. Right all away. fucking day, right? Yeah, we went to Williamsburg all the time. And these can't be all bankers. These have just got to be like oh, no, New no, Yorkers these with are, jobs. Yeah, I mean, it was like professionals, young yeah. professionals, you yeah. know, whether you're doing like marketing or, you know, being a doctor or a nurse or whatever. Yeah. There was like this brain surgeon that we fucking gave Coke to and do one of the perform brain surgery. We had to hold them down not to go to perform brain surgery. Oh, one yeah, time. You, told that, you told that story. Yeah. You there told was that a story. Judge, uh, a judge that, you know, was buying shit off of me. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but you're not delivering it. So who's making the new connection? Uh, I was, I was delivering it. You were involved in delivery still? Uh, not at my, my at peak your height, point. Right. Yeah. Not at my peak point, but when I was running around, wow. I, was, wow. I, I was driving And crazy. you served. So did you actually serve Robert De Niro? We got to get this on. So the not, not hand to hand, not to Rob, but his man, Robert De Niro was there and he gave me the nod and his, the guy was like, yo, let me get. Yo, yo, and, let and me keep so, it a hundred with you, Koss. Let me keep it a hundred. <laughs> when I first heard that you had served Robert De Niro, a bag of Coke, <laughs> I, 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 I was 50, 50. I was like, I don't know if I believe this motherfucker. Then yeah. the other week I opened the paper and I see that this guy just had another kid at 78 years old. I'm like, that motherfucker does coke. Cos ain't lying, dude. <laughs> nah, he has another kid. Yeah, he just had a kid, bro. He's that guy. He's yeah, becoming no, that he, rich New York scumbag. I mean, he could do whatever the fuck he wants. But no, we ain't no, mad at him, was, but I'm just I saying. Went, like, it was uh, the he's whole, fucking still. 
My point is he's smashing yeah, 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 young pussy. He's also yeah. definitely doing oh, some Oh, maybe coke. he has like that, that, that shit that pulls it, puts his fucking dick hard. You know, there's like a button thing. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please tell me. I need this. <laughs> well, anyway, so I get, um, I get, so I was on the corner. This is like before the service happened. Mm -hmm. I was on the corner and this guy, they had a party. There was a corner hotel that just opened up on Foresight and Broom. And this guy came to the bodega on the corner right there on Foresight and Broom. Mm -hmm. And I was just saying, like, yo, I got blow, I got blow, I got blow. Right. And uh, the guy was like, oh, really? You know, meet me upstairs. Right. Uh, we're having a party up there. And so I was like, I I, I go up there. Boom. He goes, gets, gets the money. I see Robert De Niro. He's fucking wow. hanging out with him. And then he so comes up to me, gives me the money. And I'm like, oh, shit. His handler did. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Or hey, I don't know. Wow. So think about that brush up. Like you, you served De Niro off the corner. Yep. That's wild, bro. That's fucking wild. And uh, Lindsay Lohan, same shit. Right. Uh, uh, Paris Paris Hilton was straight hand to hand. Crazy. Yeah. And was she? How much were you serving her? No, that was just one time. She, oh, okay. Uh, um, Natasha Lyon was the one that brought her on the yellow cab. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she bought like I don't know. It was, 20, 30 bags of Coke. I was selling dubs at that time. Yeah. So wild, great business. So if you made, if somebody, if you got barked somebody off the block, right? One of these people, these high end people, clearly these ain't cops. They got a lot of money to spend. Would you immediately get their contact? Would you give out your number? Yeah. Yeah. I was giving them my, my you, business, the cards. business cards. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you're so like, I, I, the, the way I, I was approaching people was with weed. Right, you know, because I was I was smoking fifty blunts a day. I was smoking nonstop, like I was, I was smoking two packs of cigarettes, fifty blunts a day. I would buy a box of Phillies almost every day. All right, you might call and, that overkill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One might describe that as too much. That's why my mom said I was. <laughs> my mom is traumatized. <laughs> yeah, Jesus God. So, uh, but yeah, no, I was smoking nonstop, and then I would go. I would be smoking all the time, and I would see like you, mm -hmm. and be like, "Yo, Johnny, what's up? You, um, how's it going, buddy? Right. You, you want, you want to smoke some weed with me? And they'll be like, "Oh, sure, I'll take a couple right. pulls. That you're already fucking was buddy. Tipsy. Was buddy what you use buddy around was white people just to white put people. them at ease? Right. Yeah. Hey, I would immediately hey, disliked you if you called me buddy. <laughs> but you didn't hey, know. Buddy. I, but you don't know that I have brolic. Yeah. You don't but know you, the, you know what I mean. But you, you, if I'm, I'm giving you some fire weed, you're like, oh shit, yeah. Right. All right. You're not. You know. Right. right. Of course. And also, <laughs> you too, call me whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> right. And, and also, too, you know, you know the difference between a guy like me and a New Yorker. Yeah, yeah. Like you, like you're going to think twice when a guy with a thick Brooklyn accent walks up uh, yeah. to you and he's chiseled, right? Like that that's dude, that, that's, that's fuzz. That's cop. fuzz. No guy like me that moves from wherever I'm from, Indianapolis, he's not working for the NYPD. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. the accent has got to get, you know, put you at ease and, right away. And, and they had uh, like the beaded chains. Like you, you were, they would right. try to come up and, and you would notice that you they notice the, the jewelry, that yeah. fucking right. The beaded, the, the beaded fucking, yeah. you know, little chain. Yeah. And that was their fucking, that was their the badge. badge. That's their, cause know? they have to have it on them. Right. Yeah. So you'd be like, beat it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. That Say it again. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, I love that. I love that, dude. I've actually tried to buy drugs in the projects a couple of times way back in the day. 
and they told me to beat it. And I'm like, that's so sad, bro. I'm not a co- I, I literally make a hundred. Come on, buddy. I make a hundred thousand a month shipping weed out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's wild. Okay, so so you would rope, it would be the soft sell. Get people in on the less serious drug weed yep. and then slip in. Yep. I got this too. Marijuana is a gateway drug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So okay, now are you so your height, you're moving a kilo a week, a thousand stones a week yep. you're moving uh and you can stones. turn yeah <laughs> pocket full of stones baby that's what we call it out here right yeah. we stole it from the south ugk so you're making about 60 off a brick mm. right well a hundred thousand yeah well but your your profit well, is about yeah, 60 yeah yeah 60 yeah so it's a huge amount of money um are you turning this money over are you now are you starting are you thinking i gotta wash this i gotta open businesses because you're a smart kid no, I was not that smart. You weren't thinking that far. I, I was. We were. We were like, we don't. We want to start businesses. We want yeah. to buy homes. We didn't know what we were doing. Uh, but the, the goal was to get out. Yeah. No. No. We we definitely want it, but it's hard to get out. Yeah. You know because are you going to say no to money? Yeah. You know a lot of yeah. people are like, yeah, get out. You know, and then mm-hmm. it, you if you ever do that transition, you're going to go from making in your business a small amount of money compared to this daily transaction that just doesn't stop. Right. You know, this right. flow, like it's hard to say no. Did you buy any real estate while you were hustling? We, we were trying to do some shit like yeah. that. But know? it's hard. You were so young, bro. It's like the same with me. Like we were yeah. in your early twenties. Yeah. You're not, you're just not sophisticated. No, well we, we went and I don't know if you remember those foreclosure commercials. Uh, I that, mean, you know, buy a foreclosure home. You oh know, yeah, of course, you know, for, of course. I mean, and so yeah. we 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 got caught up in that scheme, and we lost uh, a good <laughs> chunk of money. Oh, no, you got ripped off. <laughs> yeah, I got ripped off money? by white people, man, oh, no. on TV. Yo, you fuck you guys. God damn. Yeah. No, trust me. There's plenty of black people doing that now too. <laughs> um, damn. So you got ripped off for your drug money, which hurts. Yeah. Still, it's money is money. And, and and we tried doing that, and then we just like whatever. Fuck yeah. that shit. Yeah, like, we'll just go. We'll just and do you bury money, stash money? Like, we didn't bury money. We stash, we has little safe box. Yeah, you know, there's nowhere to bury safes. in New York. Yeah, you gotta yeah, go upstate. I don't, I don't know. There's no grass. <laughs> you guys ain't never seen a lawn before. <laughs> you don't know shit about a lawn. So while you're Central Park, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so while you're 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 moving all this coke, do you also have drivers for weed? Yeah. So tell us about the weed side of it real quick. So what's we, your re-up like? So we had- and Who's it, your it, connect? Uh, there was a lot of connects on the on the weed side, mm-hmm. uh, but I was getting shit from like real sour diesel, not the shit that you cannot find anymore. Right. Uh, I got caught with like five pounds of sour in my last case. Uh, um, uh, we were getting shit- did you so, have a West Coast Connect or was it Uptown? No, uh, Uptown. Okay. Uh, the Hayes was Uptown. Like they were growing it Uptown. Yeah. The Cubans were bringing it Uptown. Um, what? Uh, what about that? I don't get that. Cubans? So so Cubans brought the Hayes to to the Heights. They oh, interesting. Because you know why? Because it's it grown in Florida usually. So they're probably a lot of Jamaicans bring that shit up too. Yep. There's so a lot the, of the Cuban. So the story is that the Cuban, there was a Cuban that got seeds from Amsterdam that put the haze down and the haze came from Florida. Yeah. And then they brought it up yeah. to, to the heights. We're getting a lot of that shit too, bro. And, you probably move one of my packs, bro. But the, the, the haze is, is it, there's only two, there's only a small amount of people with the mother plant 
right in the sure, city that still sure. have it. Right, know? right. Uh, so I, I'm trying. I'm trying to sell that when I open up my dispensary. Oh, okay, but, okay, know. interesting. Yeah, I never actually cared about strains and the science behind it. Like to me, it was like this is either indoor weed or outdoor. That's just how we talked. Yeah. Indoor was, but you, you're moving. You're moving. You were moving weight, right? Yeah. You were moving. Yeah. like probably uh, fifty a week. Yeah, wholesale. no, I'm I'm like breaking shit down. You're still breaking down. Even oh, I'm breaking down uh, everything. Everything. So you would cop like a, a five pack, five pack, like a five five pounds at a time or something. Yeah, five yeah. pounds, even a pound, even two pounds. Okay, it, it, it depended. Like wow, what? so you were really buying. You were just retail. Yeah, buying wholesale, breaking yeah. it down, and retail. I and I grew weed like. 20 years ago, but I was doing like the hydroponic yeah. systems that yeah. was growing like 16 plants at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was never coming out like the pith or the, or the sour, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. the demand. Right. Um, I was growing a lot of that Canadian bacon shit that I was telling you, the BC type of hydro yeah. shit, but I was selling that uh, at one point I, I, I grew a, a lot of it and I fucking was selling like fucking sacks. I was not even weighing. I was just mm-hmm. filling up the bag and, and <laughs> I was just get, giving it out for like $10. You yeah. Know? And so that was moving. But what the, the sour, we were getting it from different people, um, people that grew it, people in the neighborhood. And then uh, there was a, a group of Colombians in Brooklyn. And that had it. Yeah, that had oh, it. Oh, interesting. So God, this is getting pretty complicated. You've got, you're just, just sales. Well, we had a, we had a, 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 a separate runners and, and the. For the, weed. For weed. Okay. Gotcha. So that did, there was never a driver that was running around with Coke and weed at the same time. So you could so, never, if somebody got popped with weed, it would never link back to the Coke. No. And gotcha. they, they, they had a, it's a separate business card. It was trees for bl- pleasure. That was, uh-huh. that was, that, that was, was the a, brand. That was the brand. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and it was like an actual tree and it looked nice on the business card. Right. It's very <laughs> and, friendly. Yeah, and then we had um, for the first card was Happy Endings, mm. uh, and that was not a good branding up. <laughs> Dude, that, isn't that because you it, it was a jerk joint that you originally started? Yeah, well, they hustling there was, out of there. Was, yeah, there it was, was a, a jerk club. off massage parlor, right? Yeah, no, it was a massage parlor before that, but then there was a, a some when the neighborhood started getting gentrified. Yeah. They opened up a club and it was called. They uh, took that same space that was that real happy endings. That makes sense. They turned it into happy endings. Yeah. And then I started selling coke and weed out of there. Ah. Uh, and then I, I was like, I. It made it seem like I worked for the club. And right. I had like right. the real happy ending logo. Yeah. And I was giving it to everybody that was going in there. Did so, they ever get raided because uh, they thought you they, were involved? There was times that they were running in there and like searching and, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the DEA was running around in there, but yeah. they didn't really get raided and kick people out. Right. Okay. That actually reminds me. Now, what activity the law enforcement bodies, because it's just bewildering in New York City, you have the New York Police Department, you have the TNT, which I don't even think is a thing anymore. TNT, because there's no corner. Nobody's moving off the corner anymore. So there's no street rips. We used to call it Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you fucked Mark Gagnon up with that one, but I knew exactly <laughs> what he was talking about. Um, uh, then you have the feds, then you have the state police, then you have your special narcotics teams that are like part of the NYPD, but they're undercovers. Who's most active in hunting hand to hand dealers like you in New York? 
Like, is it? The, uh, is it, ha- it has to be that narcotic group in in NYPD. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also that narcotic group. But then there's like the DEA agent that has like uh the Manhattan North, Manhattan South, uh, Brooklyn North, yeah. Brooklyn South. There's like different regions that they're covering inside the city. Right. Um, and, because and 30, they're, they're they're doing deeper investigations. Right. It's not that you got NYPD with their narc group. Right. That's doing like you know that bullshit hand to hand shit. But then you have like the DEA that's doing like deeper, like they they were investigating me for a year. They're trying to get to your guy, I think. Yeah, no, you know they, I mean? they wanted me to snitch on my people. Right, because you are, even though you're a millionaire, you're yeah. still a hand-to-hand yeah, dealer still, at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, which hustle. is a great place. Now, did you choose, you know, uh, consciously to, to stay at that level uh, yeah. because you did not want to catch a Fed case? Or was that just like- No, that, that was- That's just where the market was. No, that was us- <laughs> Uh, limiting our risks. Yes. You know? Okay. So that was a conscious decision. Yeah, that was a cut. And, yeah. and the 24 bag stuff was a conscious decision. Why? We, we didn't want to go over an ounce, you know, right. or, or have people with two packs out there. Right. An so, ounce is 28 grams. So after, after two uh, ounces of Coke on mm-hmm. you, you, you're hit with a life sentence uh, in, in New York. Yeah, that's a New York state yeah, law. So it's state law, but it not, not, you're not doing like life. You're doing like one of life, two to life, right, three to life. Right. Like those, those laws were the still on the book. No, they, those, those, those are the Rockefeller, were the laws, Rockefeller right? laws. Wow. Uh, and I was facing that. And, that's and, at the time they were still on the books. Yeah. When, that's when, what when they, they threw when at they you. changed it, I was oh, going back and forth to court my arm, bro. and I, I got, uh, I was, I was facing 15 a life because yeah. they were trying to hit me with a kingpin charge, right. but they couldn't hit me with a kingpin charge because right. they had to get me with uh, a sale over a half a brick or a brick or some shit. Right. Like that. that was right. the book. Like I had to actually sell and I right. was only selling increments. Right. Okay. This, you know? this so makes sense. That was a conscious decision on right. my part to right. like, we're not selling right. over So them. isn't that interesting? You actually, it's actually better in those, in that era of the Rockefeller laws, it was better as a drug dealer to either get caught with less or way more because then at least I go do the fed minimum, which might, if I get caught with a kilo, maybe I only go do five in the feds, yeah. right? It's like the same way in Texas it would be better to get caught with a hundred pounds of weed back then, because then you go do three to five in the feds, than like a couple of ounces, because then you might be yeah, doing five in state yeah, prison. Yeah. Fucking weird, man. Yeah, crazy, crazy psychotic it's laws. Crazy. So, so basically when you got pinched and took your big fall, DEA was part of it, but they chose to not pick no, the they, case up. No, they, they, yeah, they didn't turn it into a feds. So yeah. they, they, they brought me into the precinct. Yeah. They were trying to get me to snitch on my connects. Yeah. That was not happening. Uh, one thing that around that time was uh, if you got caught with a gun in your case, mm-hmm. you basically went down to the feds. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And so I, I, I had two burners under my sink, and they never found them. And they never so. found them. Okay, I was. Uh, I guess we'll cover that really quickly. Um, but you're really not a gangster. No, like you're, you're a, a businessman, yeah. uh, front to back. I mean, I've gone into fights. I've done. Did you ever, like did you that. ever get into gunfights? Did you ever have to bust at anybody that was trying to rob I, you? I've no, uh, but I've pulled out. Yeah. Right. But and, I, but, but I these are, nobody. but this is before the money really. No, this is when I was dealing crack in the street. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I figured by the time real money started to come in, I, there was I had no, no I, I was dealing with white people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God. 
Once again, I mean, <laughs> look what whites can do for you. Just let us in and we'll make your, we'll bring money to you, bro. Um, okay. Got it. Got it. So you just kept, you just kept a piece at your place of residence, your personal residence. Uh, stash house. Okay. Just a stash, just in yeah. case, but yeah. you never had a stash that got robbed. Uh, yeah. How, how was a, that was that an inside job? Cause how else is somebody going to find a stash? It's gotta be right. Uh, we were, we were being super hot. You know, yeah. we're, we're coming we're, in and out, in yeah, and out, we're, in and out. We're, we're driving crazy vehicles, yeah. we're dressing crazy, we're yeah. mad loud, we're coming in as a group, leaving as yeah. a group, you know. It's, yeah. Okay. So you guys, and, and this is, this is a stash house in the projects too. Oh, so you guys so, are just like, fucking, you guys are fucking yeah, up. Like, yeah. You're just fucking up. You get it robbed, it's crazy. like, keep your shit tight. And maybe it was an inside fucking job. How much did you get taken for? So this is the crazy part that they took. Uh, I think it was like two or three pounds of weed mm-hmm. from the safe. Yeah. And they left all the coke behind. On purpose or they just didn't find it? That shit was, as soon as I walked in, that shit was in the fucking desk. How much? Like a bird? It, it was about, about a bird bagged wow. up. Like it was just all bags. I mean, look, I've been on both ends of robberies. Yeah. And when you're going no, but in- they, they they had they had time. They tied up all my people. Uh so they I had was time. not there. They had time. They tied up the people. They got guns out. They fucking They made somebody open the safe. Yeah, obviously. they made somebody open the safe. Oh, this is you know, weird. <laughs> they 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 took the pounds out of the safe. They took a little bit of those cash. I mean, I'm maybe five, ten thousand dollars of sitting yeah. around. And the Coke was all in the desk, like they were, it was being bagged up pretty That's much. So weird. Maybe they were like, Hey, our hustle's weed. We can get this weed off, but I, I don't, don't think they, they probably even seen it. I mean, it was like in the far corner, yeah. but for me, like walking in, I'm like, what the fuck? So you walked in on your stash with everybody tied up? Uh, no, they got out of the tie. Okay, they got, got tied with belts that they had. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that'll happen. Yeah. So that you got hit a couple of times, but, uh, that was the only time I, I personally got hit, and then my one of my uh, partners back then got hit um, one time. Right, his stash or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, how did you keep? Uh, how did you? What was your mitigating? How did you mitigate risk against informants in your organization? Because you got a, how many drivers now? So it was like twenty something drivers. A lot of two, people. Two different shifts. Uh, so basically stuff was getting bagged in a separate house mm-hmm. and dropped off to the dispatcher. The dispatcher was giving out the work. Right. So they would meet the dispatcher and, and you know, when they were running low, how many, okay. And, and so how- the dispatcher only had, you know, maybe a couple hundred grams of Coke, maybe more, a little bit more okay. at a time. What, how many people did you have, uh, bagging it up for you? Uh, Two people. You don't need a lot of people. Yeah. You're not stepping on it. You're not doing yeah. anything. You're not cooking it. You're not yeah. weighing. You're just literally weighing it. Did you have it in vials, the glass with the the tops? Mm-mm. You had it in plastic just bags. in little small bags. Okay, got it. Um, I've I've fucked around with vials and all that shit, but it's just a waste. Of, that shit fucking takes too ex- more too t- expensive. Takes more time. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. You know, you got fucking good point. Yeah, good point. You know, right? with the bags, you're like. Time is of the essence. Amazing. Amazing. Fact. There was line. times where I was running out of glassine bags and, and I'm like carrying just like a hundred grams of Coke in the car and the, the phone, this is when I was like doing deliveries by myself yeah. and, and I didn't have time to bag up. So I'm like eyeballing it, mm-hmm. you know, and putting yeah. it in aluminum foil or a piece yeah. of paper. 
right. and just sung it out of the window of the car. Wow. Wild, man. Okay, yeah. so then who, how did the case get built? Who's who's snitching? Did they have a wiretap? Let's go into that. So so basically the, the way they found out about us was that one guy got caught. This guy that got caught, got caught with a business card. That business card was a separate number that of one of my dispatchers was created. So they, right. we had right. a lot of phones because That's right. the only, oh, excuse me, all the phones only held 2,500 contact numbers. Okay. So we always had to get more phones yeah. and like create new business cards with right. different numbers to get the and new all numbers. Shit. Right. And so- and you're, the, and you're buying track phones from 7-Eleven, I assume, uh, right? It was T-Mobile uh, prepaid, T-Mobile shit. Did you send a, a different person in? Did you hire somebody just to go in and buy the phones? Or was No, no, we had to connect in, in the store. Great, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. So, well, my boy- Probably Dominican. He, he, he was Dominican. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a stereotype and just you guys stick together. Yeah. <laughs> and and then uh, then I was getting, uh, then uh, then I was supplying dry, uh, cars for every driver too. Right. So I had a, a Dominican dude at, uh, <laughs> at one of the rental companies. I'm banned from those rents. It was like Avis and another, uh, there's like a parent company. You were using rental cars? So all my drivers are getting rental cars. Right. So I'm getting rental cars for all my driver and we're switching them up. Yeah. You know, so yeah. people don't get fouled and tracked and all wow. that shit. Wow. This is so you so, could, this is a heavy logistical operation you have. We were getting rental cars for like 15 bucks a day. <laughs> oh, the it plug. Was, it was amazing. Yeah. Because we were like in this big family plan and, yeah, and all yeah. that shit. And they were uh, questioning me, how was I getting all the vehicles? And I was, I was not giving out my connect. Right. But they, Two- they I, I tried to rent the car like- when I came home from prison and they were like, we have a problem with you, sir. You, you cannot step life- back into this building. Like, <laughs> you got a lifetime ban. Yeah. I'm like at rent- Avis. Like, yeah. No, so, but you had a Dominican, in- you had a guy on the inside. So, yeah. That was- so I had a, I had a, a guy on the inside uh, with the phones and then somebody else created another phone. Uh, the dispatcher. Yeah, because he wanted to clip off your clients. And so he was clipping off my clients. Yeah. He couldn't get the same work that I was getting. He was getting work that was- Not as from, good. Uh, yeah, this shit was trash. Right. And and then he was putting them in blue glassine bags. Uh-huh. And so uh, a client called me and was like, yo, what the fuck is this shit? I got this blue bag. This mm-hmm. shit burn my nose, whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I'm like, what the fuck is you do? We don't sell that shit. He was like, yeah, the guy in the green truck brought it. I'm like, what? So yeah. I was like, okay, let me see. So I called the dispatcher. And and the guy in the green truck was his cousin that was running for him. So that was part of our group too. Yeah. So I called them. I called that number that, that my client gave me. I hear this motherfucker's voice. He shuts off right away. He had about a quarter of a brick in the stash house had all the phones mm-hmm. and ran away. Okay. And, so he and, ran for it because he recognized your voice on the other end. Yep, and, um, and I, cause I was cursing. I, right. was, I was like, oh, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. I heard these blue bags on his shit, yeah. blah, blah, blah. He's like, but so how did that lead back to the cops? Um, so now that phone that he started, that he was stealing customers, mm-hmm. I guess he was marketing that number out there. Right. And that mark, that phone was being tapped by the, the DEA. And and gotcha. so How and they- so when I when I went to go get the phones back from yeah. him, 
he disappeared with the phones, but I had that number. So I told my Dominican dude in the T-Mobile yeah. store, like, yo, bro, like, give me a new one. Give me the same number because yeah. he's been- With the new phone. Yeah, with the new phone. Right. So now I got all these phones. And now you got one with the wire one on being it. tapped. Yeah. And I'm sending clients on that of phone. Of course. So now it's now it's a wrap. Now we're, they're tying everything together. How did they originally get up? How did the DEA originally get up on that first number? Did you ever find that out? I don't, I don't know. A buy bust, you know- that guy, he could have been selling wholesale to a guy. I don't, you never yeah, know. I don't know why. You never what, found that out. He okay. he never snitched. He just robbed me. Right, right. But I, then, I, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how the, you know, the law first got on to that number. Yeah. Who knows? They just popped somebody and they turned and rolled. Yeah. You know? Or or they just uh, was out in the street yeah. and they picked up that car. I don't fucking know. Right. Yeah. How long after you got that number back, that tapped phone number? Did uh, your case- did, It was a did, year. So they, they were following you around for a year. For a year. They had a lineup. Dude, your discovery paperwork must have looked like the like Bible. 40 sales. So they, they, they said I made a sale. I never made a sale. Uh, one of my drivers uh, was left his car somewhere. And he was like, yo, Cos, can you pick me up? And, I, and then at, after this dispatcher, I, it was only me and my right-hand man running the phones. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't trust anybody. Right. And so we're sending. And, and so yeah. one of my drivers, he's down a block. He's like, yo, I hit him up with the walkie talkie mm -hmm. on the next cell. And I tell him like, yo, go see this guy. He's like, oh, I don't got my car on me right now, but can you take me over there? So I went to so in front of the BBQs on 23rd and 8th. And I, I, I pick up this guy and I automatically had a bad feeling. Yeah. I was like, this motherfucker looked like a cop. Oh, like straight shit. cop. Why didn't you fucking, why didn't you say, Hey, I got to go he pick had, up my daughter. He, he called the phone, you know, we like pretty much, uh, like you said, like when you have good coke, every friend is giving it out. Yeah. You know? And, and so we had his number saved. He's been right. served. He's before, been served. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. But I was, I just saw this guy for the first time in my life. Yeah. I'm like, yo, that nigga look like a cop. Yeah. And, and I so, get it, man. You're already in it. You're like, let's just serve him. I, you know, but you, you get that gut yeah. feeling. I'm in my M3. This dude's like six, three. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, he's squeezing the back. Yeah. And my nobody guy, doing Coke's ever that big in yeah, shape. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh no. Black uh, guy. Uh, no, he was like, he was Spanish. He was like, Spanish. he was like, uh, Colombian mm -hmm. or some shit like yeah. that. Um, like some from South America somewhere. And so he, uh, jumps in the back of the, the car. Um, my, he asked for like a few bags and my guy, uh, passes him the bags they never locked up my guy. He didn't go down in the whole uh, dragnet. The stint, yeah. How? Uh, they didn't. They didn't know who he was. They didn't. Uh, oh, so he wasn't named in. He the, was not named in the, in the indictment. Whole indictment. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just let him go. They let so, him slide. But that that sale that he did, they, yeah. they put it on me, and they uh, said I made that hand to hand right. transaction. So now you have. So so the day that it all goes down. Was that the same day that it, that no no they no that, that was that was way uh, before way before gotcha. maybe like six months before how did they only get forty sales you're doing a thousand sales a week easily well, it was only only that phone oh right and so right. that phone was not too much traffic okay but my other phones were running crazy, right right you know? okay gotcha this was a new phone that this dude tried to rob me with you know? so they you know they serve all these warrants how many spots did they hit did they raid. 
They were uh, they just, just one 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 spot. Gotcha. Uh, they rated so they they knew somebody. So basically, they the first person that got caught, uh, they brought to the pre. It was like twelve p.m. Mm-hmm. He's in the precinct. He's fucking being pressured on. He yeah. told them everything. Yeah, he broke. He <laughs> fucking broke. Damn. They in there for, for hours. Weak. <laughs> yeah, and so um, they they start calling. I'm, I'm. They start calling the fucking my phone and. Yeah. I, and I keep sending people, I keep sending people, I keep mm-hmm. sending people, and all my drivers are getting caught. Yeah. And I'm fucking frustrated because my drivers are not picking up. Right. I, I thought the next tell, you know, the, the next tell was going, eh, eh, yeah. eh. I thought my shit was not working right, and it right. was working sometimes. And I'm like, fuck, I got to go see all these. I got 40 people on a queue. I go all the way up to the, the Bronx. I grab probably over, I grab like four or five packs, mm-hmm. uh, 24 packs. Yeah. And I just put them in my fucking underwear and I'm like, I'm going to go make these deliveries myself. Now, how did you feel? Like uh, the day I got caught, I remember feeling like hazy and unhappy. Like there was like a feeling and I, and I had no idea that like, it really is like the stereotype. You just feel like when it's the end, how did you feel that day? That's how I felt. Like it was the end. You know what I mean? You know, I've been, I've been caught before. And I was in those like nervous states, yeah. you know, like fuck, you yeah. know. And at that time, I was not nervous at all. That's that's the it problem. It was just like I knew it was it was done. That's it's you're done. It was done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost a relief, actually. In many ways, I felt relieved. The the deepest sleep I ever had was the first day I ever slept in yeah, jail. I, I mean, I, I know you've been locked up before, but I, I guess it was a it was a it was a maybe a. Did you feel it, it was a burden it lifted off of you? A little bit. A little bit, you know, even though I was, I was, I was, I was obviously you're fighting for your life. Oh fuck. But I was yeah. not nervous. The, the only thing I could think of like was uh, that I was like worried about was my son. Yeah. And my son is this scary. guy. Yeah. Okay. He was and your first, he's your oldest. He's my oldest. So yeah. did you think, Oh, this is probably going to be fed time at the beginning? Yeah. yeah, yeah Cause yeah. the DEA is there. You assume the, the, the DEA like 20 here. motherfuckers. Yeah. They caught me with a brick and a half all bagged up. Yeah. I go into the precinct, they fucking start clapping. I see my co-defendants in all the cells. Yeah. And and they take me to the bathroom and they strip me and mm-hmm. another hundred bags of coke fucking fall wow. out of my underwear. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you got this to boot, you got this long ass rap sheet. Yeah. You know? And and so I, I they, you know, the feds take your fingerprints, your ink fingerprints. Right. The state only takes your the machine. So I'm ah. I'm, I'm thinking they took they took my your ink my, fingerprints. My ink fingerprints. Right. And they, they would have probably turned it into a Fed case if I would have snitched or I would have buried myself with some stupid shit. Right, you know? right. Um, but I didn't. Yeah, so they only could put a brick and a half on you. The NYPD, you know, yeah. And, you know, by this time, too, I really believe that the DEA, because they can choose, the officers in charge can choose to go to the U.S. attorney with it mm-hmm. or they can choose to be like, you know what? Local pigs, you take it. I, I, some, I know this guy, he told me because I didn't get caught with a gun. Yeah. And there was like a rule during that time, like in 08, 09, that they said, if you get, if you got caught with a lot of work and a gun, you're going to the feds. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and as if there was no no weapon involved. And they could look at you too. No bodies were linked to you. You yeah, know what I mean? There was no, there was no, no violence like linked that. to your organization. So And I was not didn't they never even though I was serving in the tri-state area and Jersey and Connecticut and all that yeah. crazy shit, they never caught us doing right, shit like right. that. Right. Right. So th they're they're looking at it like, yeah, okay. Unless he's gonna give up his connects, you know, yeah. these guys that are bringing it off the ships will let the state handle it. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, and then, cause you know, that is, that is the truth, right? Like that's the reason I never caught a fed charge, even though I was shipping work everywhere. They didn't, they wanted my connect. They wanted these yeah. Sinaloan guys who I was picking up from. They didn't have me with any work. And they looked at me like, this is just a, this is just a kid. This is just mm -hmm. a businessman. And they looked at you, your sweet face. <laughs> and they were like, you know what? This is not like a federal criminal. That is because the system is run by just people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, you lucked the fuck out. I'll tell you that much. I got super you lucked lucky. Out, I got, I've been, I've been fortunate. I've been blessed, man. So how much time did you do? You did shock again? So I got seven years yeah. and, and then towards the, so out of the seven years, you got to do uh, six years uh, because 10 months a year. I mean, we could explain this shit to the public. So it's 85% never, of your 85 time. 85% of your time is what you're supposed to do. So, and that's uh, New York state. And that's New York state. That, that's dude. That's like Oregon. That's like fed time. You got to yeah. do almost all of it. Yeah. Oof. But then I, uh, out of that three years before my release, I you I'm get considered shock. shock. So, and you did shock. And again. So I did shock. Again. Gotcha. And well, I did uh, shock twice. I got, I got kicked out of shock. <laughs> no, I did shock three. Well, I did shock when I was like 19. Yeah. Then I got shock again. And then while I was in shock, I got kicked out, sent to the box, and then started over. Why wow, you got in a fight or something? Uh, the guard put his hands on me uh, when I was doing a random drug test, um, and it was a whole you shit. You punched him? No, no, no. He hit me uh, because I was before the drug test. I was I was being searched, mm. and so I had my hands on the wall, and he was searching me very aggressively, and I moved my body a little bit. And uh, he was like, don't fucking move in me. And he punched me behind my head. Yeah. And like shock officers are not regular. They're not regular know, cops. They, these motherfuckers will put hand. They tell you yeah. we're going to put hands on you. Because they know they can because they, you're, they're they holding so much so time much over shit. your head. You're like, you can't do anything. Yeah. You're just a so victim. He fucking punched me and I got I got off, off the floor. I, I turned around on the officer and I was like, why the fuck you did that? I didn't do anything yeah. wrong. He's like, get the fuck down in me. I was like, I'm trying to like plead a case off of him. Yeah. I got two months wow. towards my release. Oh my God. I'm fucking stressed. Yeah. And then about a half a dozen officers come to the room and they baton the fuck out of me and they shackle me up. Yeah. And then they throw me in the box and then I'm stressed the fuck out there. So, so yeah. the, so you didn't, so that's how, so you didn't get shock. You didn't get to finish shock. I didn't get to finish shock, but yeah. then they let, they allowed me cause I pleaded guilty on that and that uh, charge. Offense. Yeah. Yeah. They would say, and say that I was a, a attempt, attempting to assault an officer, but I pleaded guilty to this old disorderly conduct. Right. And then they allowed me to start the program. Start over. shock over. Did yeah. you recognize any of the shock guys from when you were, you know, like, the first time you did it? Well, back I in did it in a different facility. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, Where were you? Uh, this, the last time I was in Lakeview, but the, before it was Monterey. What was the max? sense was in Monterey. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. What, what do, were you in any maximum security prisons during your stretch? Coxsackie. Coxsackie. And then I yeah. stopped in uh, Elmira. Yep. Classics, man. Yeah. Thanks to rap. I know all of the New York state prisons. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, and you know, while you were down, that's when you started working out, you come home and that's when 
your, what's it called? Con body. Con body is born. Yeah. So con body was born when I was in shock in that cell, in that solitary confinement cell. Ah, so I was doing all these military workouts. Yeah. I lost a lot of weight. I lost over 70 pounds in six right. months. And while I was in that box was when I was like, I need to change my life mm-hmm. around. I need to do something. I can't go back to the streets. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm dealing weed. I'm, I'm uh, fucking around in, in jail too. Yeah. I'm smoking like crazy. Uh, right. Uh, while I was in shock, I didn't smoke at all. Of course. Um, just because I didn't want to take that chance. Yeah. But I was, I was bringing in weed like, Crazy shit. Like yeah. a, through the through the visiting? Visiting rooms yeah. and all that shit, yeah. Okay, wow. Did you get away with any money? Uh, getting in money? No, I mean like, oh, did, like did they to, seize a bunch of your money or were you able to like get away with some of that before I, you went I, in? I got a little bit. I had a little bit, but then throughout my prison sentence, that shit was pretty much all gone. You got to spend it, right? Yeah. You got you need money in there to live oh, you know, decently. Yeah, I got a family out, yeah. you know. Right, right. That needs to survive, so. Right. And nobody's bringing in income. Mm-hmm. So. So so you were in the you're in the hole and you that's when you started these workouts and that like when did you decide it could be a business? In that cell. Wow. I like literally wrote this shit down. I was like I'm going to start a boot camp, like a fitness boot yeah. camp and I don't know. I just came home and started doing it. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, and so you have a space, you still live in the Lower East Side. Yeah. Uh, is Con Body also Con based Body's down in the there? Lower East Side. Wow. Yep. And how's business? It's great. Wow. It's great. That's yeah, awesome, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. That's awesome. Good. Are you, now I noticed like in the advertisements, it's like a lot of like people from the neighborhood, but is it also like white people? Like same demographic, same demo, right? <laughs> yeah, wow, you guys dude. are great. Yeah, you, you guys pay me premium prices. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> nah, it's it's it, it's a, a diverse community, mm-hmm. but mostly like a lot of females wearing yoga pants that yeah. take classes, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah, um, and they smoke weed too. You yeah, know? so I'm gonna be selling weed to them as well. Yes. Yeah, so tell us about that. Let's let's hear about the dispensaries. Uh, plug all that, man. Yeah, no, so I'm opening up, uh, now I'm allowed to smell, sell drugs again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to be allowed to sell cannabis uh, because I, I got one of the first licenses in the state of New York Wow. Uh, to do this because I got incarcerated for cannabis. So right. the first time I went in, uh, when I was young, uh, I went in a, f- a few times for, mm-hmm. for weed, but I violated probation for weed. Uh, and so I got it that charge in my, in my, uh, in my, my case and, and have a net profitable business. And so that was a combination that allowed me to get a cannabis license. How is that? So if you're a victim of the war on drugs, that's, they give you priority. So priority and only in New York state, if you've been uh, convicted for cannabis, right. so you did time for cannabis yeah. and then you also uh, have a net profitable business for at least two years. And so I use, use Combody wow. that I've been running for 10 years. Uh, I applied, showed my taxes, showed yeah. everything, showed my the number of employees that I've hired. And so that means like me. you could show them like, hey, I'm a legit businessman. Yeah, and I'm I know how to operate. A, yeah. They wanted to give it to people that knew how to operate a business and pay taxes yeah, and know sure. how to do it. Like totally, totally. Stuff, you know, so- uh, I was fortunate enough to get involved and I was, I was trying to get involved 20, 2016. I was advocating for cannabis reform mm-hmm. in New York state. And then also like I got, uh, offered a job in Massachusetts to work there. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't work over there because of my, my felony, mm-hmm. my, my drug cases, yeah. which is stupid, you know? Yeah, like, of course. Like that's, 
the shit I don't like about white people that they they what? they Law? <laughs> <laughs> they no, it was just like there was there was a huge thing that they didn't allow people that were convicted records for cannabis to work in the space. Right. Yeah. Uh, which was fucked up. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. And so I I was advocating against that and then I was following the MRTA, which is the law, the marijuana tax law that, yeah. that came out of New York, that when they legalized it. Right. Uh and then they wrote this whole regulations about allowing the first people to run a store to be like me. Yeah. And I was like, what? They wrote this shit for me. Yeah. That's you know, was like, how many, cool. how many people fucking qualify for this shit? Not too many. Not too many. It was 903 people that, wow. that applied right now. There's like 200 licenses. They're only going to give 300. Oh, so you're on you the know? ground floor. Think about that. You were on the like, ground floor of the Coke game when the Lower East Side started to gentrify. Yeah. And now here you are yeah. on the ground floor with legal cannabis. Yeah. It's crazy. Are you, is it operating right now? Or? No, we're on the construction phase starting Starting to do that now. So brick and mortar, are you going to be able to deliver too? Delivery too. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sweet irony. And I still got those old phone numbers. <laughs> yeah, you do? Yeah. Damn, text blast, man. Well, no, they, and it's still, that that still operates, you know? Yeah. I, I'm not involved with none of that shit. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully some have, of those people uh, got their lives together, quit yeah. using fucking drugs. But I mean, it is what it is. Come over to the weed, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Where Where is it going to be? Also in the Lower East Side? Yeah, right. So I'm uh, right on the Lower East Side on Delancey and Orchard is where we're yeah. opening up. Um, I might move the gym above. The, 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 the I, that would be the move. That would be the move. Because the gym is a block away. Yeah. I'm just waiting. Uh, I, I got to do the math and see if it makes sense for me mm -hmm. to cohabitate. But yeah. that's, that's it's just a smart move yeah, to, to totally. make. Because... Um, gonna be an incredible cross marketing yeah of course there. of course yeah. yeah man so dude listen to me listen up fans and listeners we got a lot of listeners in new york <laughs> go see this man get your fat ass in shape and then go downstairs and buy a brick of weed yeah and go get munchies <laughs> and eat it all up again and then fucking and we'll go back and body. see him exactly you know well i told i'm gonna fuck fuck people up on a workout and then recover you on the bud side you yeah know, so. exactly exactly yeah. and you're gonna have edibles and it's gonna be like modern edible and, vapes yeah uh every every type of thing i'm not limited to except for like alcohol i know minnesota just came out with like alcohol infused cannabis yeah and they're allowed i've to heard of that, that but they have and you can't do that is it called con bud is that going to be the name con bud okay so go check out con bod and con bud yep. uh and we're going to put all the links in the description go follow them on instagram man this has just been one of the best interviews dude i could talk nah, to you for hours you. i'm honored <laughs> you came all this way to come uh talk to us nah this is fun man all right thank brother you. take thank care you. thank you bro. all right appreciate you